Welcome, everybody, to Real Talk Fantasy Baseball on Friday, September 8th. I am Will Power. I will be joined by Tony Snap pretty soon. Javi's not on the show today, uh, but we have a good show for you. So today on the show, we have news and notes, uh, battle of power, Otani, Tommy John again, is Julio Urias an automatic drop, waiver wires top ads, and two-star pitchers as always, all coming up on Real Talk Fantasy Baseball. For those of you that watch weekly or, or if you've watched the show before, that is a new intro. Uh, if you don't mind, just let me know if you like this new intro or if you like the old intro better. You know, a uh, little, little feedback is always appreciated. All right. Um, so I don't really want to go into like too many, uh, too much like fantasy advice until Tony gets on the show. But uh, before we get started, if you're watching this on YouTube, we ask you that you like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening to Spotify, we ask that you download and follow. Uh, so starting off today's show, we mentioned last week that uh, Shohei Otani will not pitch again this season. He has a partial tear in his ulnar collateral ligament, which, um, you know, five years ago, that meant either an ex extended period of rest, like we saw with uh, Jacob deGrom so many times, and um, or, or Tommy John surgery, you know, it was either one of those two. But there is a relatively new type of surgery involving an internal brace that would cut recovery time and uh, possibly make the ligament even stronger than it was pre-surgery. Uh, what makes this injury different from his previous Tommy John surgery is that the procedure done in 2020 is actually still intact. His current tear is in a different location. And since it's only a partial tear, this new procedure would most likely be Otani's best option. Um, some more Otani news. Shohei Otani has stated publicly that he is going it, that in his free agency uh, after the season's over, he his main priority is being on a winning team. So, with that being said, what type of player is Otani going to be next season, and um, is that going to affect his contract? So, Otani is a two way player. He is one of the best hitters in baseball, and he's probably like a top. 15 starting pitcher, maybe even a top 10. Um, he's pitched like a top 10 in the past, but with his injury concerns, you know, that brings his fantasy value down a little bit. Um, so with these procedures that could possibly be done um, as a hitter, we've seen guys like Corey Seager and Bryce Harper come back relatively fast, about six months, maybe a little bit less, you know, as we saw with Bryce Harper, or maybe even a little bit longer, as we saw with Trevor Story. Uh, you never know because every person that has a procedure is different. You know, doctors are different and bodies react differently. Um, so we shall see, you know, what's going on with Shohei Otani in the coming weeks uh, heading into free agency. Um, well, actually, it's more going to be like a couple months from now um, as, you know, the MLB playoffs haven't even started yet. So the Angels are most likely not going to be in the playoffs. So. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually just shut Otani down. He is dealing with an oblique injury currently right now. Also, um, I believe the Angels manager said that uh, Otani might be in the lineup this weekend, but that still remains to be seen. 
Mookie Betts was seen walking off the field using crutches during Thursday's game. Manager Dave Roberts says Mookie will not play this weekend, but should avoid an IL stint. And, uh, you know, and Dodger fans and, and fantasy owners alike, we are really hoping that Mookie Betts doesn't go on an IL stint. I am actually in the semifinals in one of my leagues, and I have Mookie Betts, and he has actually been one of my saviors this season. So I'm really hoping he comes back, and uh, hopefully I'll make it into the championship next week. Uh, Bryce Harper says he is willing to change his fielding position to first base permanently. Uh, what does that do for his fantasy value? Well, first base has always been kind of known as like the power production, you know, type of uh, players. And very few of those first basemen actually steal bases. We've seen Paul Goldschmidt steal bases. We saw Freddie Freeman last year steal like I, I think it was eight, nine stolen bases last season. And Bryce Harper is one of those guys that steals bases also. So if he can get that or if if he stays at first base permanently i believe he has first base eligibility in most leagues uh most sites already um next season he'll probably keep that out, outfield eligibility but you know going forward if he does stick at first base permanently um that is probably going to make his fantasy value i i would say drop a little bit because um i don't know f first base is kind of just so so top heavy. There's a lot of really good first basemen. There, there's you know the top 12 first basemen in the league are just amazing. And then you look at the outfielders, and and there's a a decent handful of outfielders you know at the top. But there's just so many of them that a lot of people kind of get lost in the shuffle. And Bryce Harper is one of those standouts. Now standing next to all these other first basemen, you know he's not really going to lose any fantasy value, but it might change like his little uh, his his. Uh, draft order, you know, going from outfield to first base, but we shall see. That's not going to happen for uh, at least until 2025, probably. Uh, Nestor Cortez has been on the IL for most of 2023, and when asked, Aaron Boone has stated that Nasty Nestor will probably not throw another pitch this season. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon's season is done after sustaining a tear in his Achilles, and this past Wednesday, Jose Altuve hit three home runs in the first three innings of the game versus the Rangers. Now, I do have a video if you guys would like to watch this. I'm, I'm going to post this right now for those on Spotify. Uh, there is a video also available on Spotify if you uh, unlock your screen and you can watch and enjoy. And here we go. Uh, un unfortunately, I don't have any sound because, you know, I don't want to get... Uh, copyright inf infringement. So uh, Jose Altuve's uh, three home run game, you know, against the Rangers, against a rival in the American League West. The the Rangers have just been so bad kind of recently. They were off to a really hot start, you know, and it, it just seems like the, um, the Astros are just running away with the division. And Jose Altuve has been injured for a, a big portion of the season as well. And now all of a sudden he's on this crazy hot streak, you know, you, you can't really tell because of the, the, the actual stats that, you know, if you look at Jose Altuve's um, page, you know, uh, baseball savant, baseball reference, whatever you guys use, or even just on the fantasy baseball page, um, there is a pretty good production, you know, good batting average, decent number of runs for, you know, for how many plate appearances he's, uh, he's had this season. Um, but, you know, his expected stats were actually not so good. His expected, ER, uh, sorry, his expected batting average was, you know, uh, about 240, 
Um, it, it didn't look that good. But in the last 30 days, Jose Altuve is just breaking. He had uh, four home runs in a row. So his his uh, four at-bats, in, including this three-homer game, the his last at-bat before this game was actually a home run as well. Uh, so four home runs and four at-bats. In the last 30 days, he's batting 366 with a 1237 OPS, seven home runs, 29 runs, seven doubles, one triple, and three stolen bases. That is crazy numbers, not not only for, you know, Jose Altuve Sanders, but just just in general. You know, that is elite right there. And if you are a Jose Altuve owner in fantasy, you hopefully you're in the playoffs right now because he's probably carrying your team. Um, All right. That was Jose Altuve Uh, moving on to the home run race. So we have. Matt Olson at the top right now. So I actually made this graphic yesterday. It says that he has 46 home runs, but he actually has 47. Otani with 44. And you got Pete Alonso kind of hanging around in the background with uh, 42 home runs. Now, Matt Olson leads the league with 47 home runs, including four home runs in the last seven days and eight home runs in the last 30 days. And um, Shohei Otani is second with 44 home runs. Now, this is really going to be depending on if Shohei Otani is actually going to pick up a bat, uh, you know, anytime soon. He's he's losing time. He's uh, three behind the lead. The lead. He does have the power to take the lead, but you know, if if he's not playing, it, it kind of sucks for him. You know, especially going into free agency, that would just be like another, you know, notch on the belt for him to get. Uh, somewhat of a better contract. Um, so he is second with 44 home runs. He is currently injured and he only has four home runs in the last 30 days. So hopefully that, you know, he's, I think he's had like the last four games off. If he does come back this weekend or Monday or whatever, hopefully he comes back healthy and, and ready to hit. And uh, last we have Pete Alonzo with 42 home runs. He has three home runs in the last seven days eight home runs in the last 30 days. So he's only five behind the major league leader, uh, Matt Olson, uh, 47 to 42. But, you know, we've seen Pete Alonzo hit, you know, 10 home runs in a very short amount of time in two weeks. And, you know, all three of these guys are just massive power producers. Any one of these three could, could, you know, take the lead at any time. Uh, I I think I, I got to give the the edge to Olsen. He's already on top, 47 home runs. And, you know, just like I mentioned with Otani, we don't know if he's going to be hitting anytime soon. And Pete Alonso, um, like I said, the potential's there. But I think that with that five home run lead that Matt Olsen has, I think Matt Olsen kind of just has it in the bag. Uh, looking at their matchups towards the end of the season, Matt Olsen is going to be facing... Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Miami, Philadelphia again, Washington, Chicago, Cubs, and Washington again. Now, there's a lot of bad pitching in there. There's maybe only like three decent starters that he might be facing. It also depends on when their teams fall on you know, the, the rotation of the, the teams that they're facing. Uh, looking at Otani, he's going to be facing Cleveland, Seattle, Detroit, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Texas, and Oakland. Uh, so this is a lot of bad pitching as well. Uh, you could potentially see Luis Castillo. Uh, you could see, um, you know, Tampa Bay has Tyler Glass now. They they have some pretty decent starters. So really, it's it's um, he's he's going all up against also Texas, where uh, Max Scherzer just gave up seven runs 
against Houston uh, in his last start. So, you know, and he's been kind of shaky all season anyway. So I don't really see Max Scherzer as like that top five starting pitcher anymore. Um, He's more of like a top 20 for me, maybe. And uh, and then he faces Oakland in the final series of of the uh, of the season. So he has some pretty decent matchups. And Pete Alonso, Minnesota, Arizona, Cincinnati, Miami, Philadelphia, Miami, and Philadelphia again. So some really good pitching matchups right there. Also, so any one of these guys could take it. And um, all right, that was it for the the home run race. Moving on to. My guy, J-Rod, Julio Rodriguez, first player in MLB history to have 25 home runs and 25 stolen bases in his rookie season and his sophomore season. So there is so much talk about a sophomore slump with a lot of these rookies. You know, they come up and they have this amazing first year. And then, you know, in their second year, they just kind of like, they start to crash and burn. Julio Rodriguez had... A little bit of trouble in the beginning of the season. You now, uh, from March to June, uh, sorry, it, it, he had a mediocre March to June, and then in July he batted 292. In August he batted 429. Uh, he slowed down a bit in September, but you know we're only eight days in, so uh, I, I think the power speed is there. You know, and it's going to stay. So he could potentially get to 30-30 this season. I'd like to see that. You know, J-Rod, he's uh, he's becoming a fan favorite of not just Mariners fans, but baseball fans in general. And let's take a look at the comments. Uh, let's see. Nice live. Yeah, man. We go live every Friday and every Monday. Whenever you want to come in and, and join the show, uh, you know, put something in the comments. Whenever you want to talk, we are here. To, uh, to answer any baseball questions you have, fantasy baseball questions, or, you know, whatever it is in general. Appreciate you being here. All right, and let's see. The battle for the National League, for the top seed in the National League. So we have the Braves and the Dodgers that are going to be battling it out. You know, there, there's not a lot of time left. Um, there's only, what, like five or six series left. So looking at Atlanta, they have a 91 and 48 record in their last 10 games. They have seven wins and three losses. And you look at the Dodgers, who are six games behind. They're 85 and 54. Last 10 games, they are five and five. And they just lost Julio Urias. They don't have Walker Bueller. Um, Kershaw, he's been declining. His fastball's down about three miles an hour. All his pitches are actually down about three miles an hour. So it's not really looking good for the Dodgers. I know, um, you know, they have Bobby Miller, they have Emmett Sheehan, they have, uh, uh, what's the other guy? Uh, Pepio that just uh, took a no hitter into the seventh uh, inning yesterday. And that's great, you know, great rookies, but that's the problem is they're rookies. They've never been in these type of situations, these high leverage situations that in the playoffs, you know, you get the butterflies in the stomach, you get nervous. It, it, it experience is, it means a lot, you know, and um, I'm, I'm looking at Atlanta's starting rotation with Spencer Strider, Max Freed, uh, Bryce Elder, Charlie Morton. And, you know, that's basically all they have. They don't really have a fifth starter. They're probably going to call someone up from AAA. Um, but that rotation looks a lot more solid to me than the Dodgers rotation does. So it, to me, it looks like Atlanta's going to get that top spot in the National League. They're probably going to get that by. And, um, you, you know, it, it's 
looking at the the rest of their matchups going um, towards the end of the season, Atlanta is going to be facing Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Miami, Philadelphia, Washington, Chicago Cubs, and Washington. So Philadelphia twice and the Cubs. That's that's three out of the seven matchups that they have that are pretty tough. And then the Dodgers for the rest of the season, they're facing Washington, San Diego, Seattle, Detroit, San Francisco, the Rockies, and San Francisco again. So the Dodgers definitely have the easier matchups, but I think Atlanta just has the better team in general. So, you know, it doesn't really matter what happens for the rest of the season. I just feel like Atlanta is going to be the favorites going into the playoffs as the, the going to the World Series. I don't think that the Dodgers really have the the talent that they used to have, you know, last season or the season before. Uh, everything's just kind of falling apart with injuries. You know, Mookie Betts just got injured and Bueller's out for the season and Dustin May's out for the season. Tony Gonsolin's out for the season. There's just too much bad happening. But, you know, next year, Shohei Otani becoming a free agent, even though he won't be able to pitch next season. I know the Dodgers are really trying to gun for Shohei Otani, just like every other team in the world is. Uh, oh, it looks like Tony Snap is actually here to join us. What's up, dude? What's up? Yeah, chilling, chilling. I, I went over hey, a couple I, things. I caught that already. little. I, I, I didn't want to go into like the uh, like the waiver wire and stuff like that yet because I, I definitely want to to get your two cents on those. Um, I did talk about Jose Altuve's three hit game, our three home run game. I talked about the home run race between Otani, Pete Alonso, and um, and Matt Olson. Uh, Otani possibly getting Tommy John again. It, it, it's between either. So one thing I didn't mention is there is another procedure called an internal brace. So rather than getting Tommy John surgery, Tommy John is really kind of just for like when they um, when there's a ligament that's actually completely torn. He only has a partial tear, so they might not need to do an exact Tommy John surgery where they take a ligament from like the behind the knee or, or the, from the wrist, um, and then they attach it to the ligament that's in the forearm. And it basically becomes like um like a patch, you know. But with uh with this new uh surgery that's kind of been going on, I believe Bryce Harper actually might have had this one. It's it's an internal brace where um there's like a mesh that they connect to the tissue and um it's still a long recovery, you know, it's still like six to eight months, but they say that when they come back. Uh, their ligament is actually stronger than it was uh, pre-surgery. It, it just enhances that ligament, so that way there's no way for it to tear again. I don't know if you know anything about the uh, the, the surgeries that are, you know, potentially like the, the the new norm. Maybe you know, yeah. but it's a lot less downtime. You know that there's some smart ass doctors out there, so you know they're they're coming up with these things to help these athletes not stay out for a complete year. Hopefully they can get it down where, you know, like, like this has been going on for decades, you know, that, that, uh, pitchers have elbow issues, you know, throwing harder than they were back in, you know, the thirties and whatever, everyone's throwing a hundred miles an hour. Now everyone has these crazy breaking balls and it puts so much stress on that, on that one ligament, you know, or a couple ligaments in the forearm. So it's it's definitely happening a lot more now than it used to. So it seems like they're the doctors are finally like, all right, well, let's figure out a way other than Tommy John surgery to to help these athletes out and get them back on the field a little bit sooner than later. Yeah, that's hopefully the case. Um, I don't know, man. Otani just needs to. 
I don't know, go a few times a week. I mean, a, a few times a month. I don't, you know, you remember, um, what what's his name from, uh, he was with the A's and now went to, to Baltimore. He's a, he's a relief pitcher, Fujimoto or something like that. Yeah. That, remember the A's were just saying like, he's only pitching on Saturdays. That's it. Maybe yeah. something like that, you know, instead of like putting them on an actual, you know, like the rotation, just be like, you're only pitching on Saturday or Sunday and that's it. Yeah. that That's what the angels were doing with him last season. Um, they were only having him pitch on Sundays, but then this season they hurt, went right? to, uh, he's yeah. I mean, actually last season was his best so far, uh, in, in the major leagues, uh, when it comes to ERA strikeouts and in total innings pitched. And this year they went to a six man rotation rather than just every Sunday he would pitch. So there were some times when, you know, it, it would, his starts would come a little bit sooner than they were before, uh, you know, in, in the season before. So, Maybe they just need to go back to that every Sunday thing, you know, or maybe maybe choose a different day. But it yeah. should be maybe be a little bit more consistent with that because th this is the best player of our generation, you know, and no one has ever seen a player like this in this generation. Like how many people have actually watched Babe Ruth play? You know, that that's really yeah. the last player that hit and pitched um, in, in the major leagues and it did actually a, a good job with it, you know. So we're we're. We're watching history right now, and if this guy just continues to get hurt every single season or or every two seasons, is it going to be like another Jacob Degrom, where yeah. this could be the best pitcher in the world, but he just keeps on getting hurt, so he's like not even worth it, you know? He's only twenty nine years old, so I feel like if if you're going to get a handle on it, get a handle on it now before it's too late. Whatever team signs him, you know, they really have to go in this smart. And and they have to limit the innings. Maybe that's another thing. You know, skip his turn in the rotation once in a while. He's still going to be banging out forty home runs every season. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know, man. It kind of just as like a Dodger fan, it's, I'm put off by that now. You know, I'm just like I'm over it. Yeah, like, it it seems I, like the Dodgers are still going to be pushing for it though. Because if he's going to be asking for like five hundred mil. Well, you know, well, there were reports that says that winning is the most important thing to him right now. So if he yeah. needs to take a little bit of a discount to go to the Dodgers versus, you know, going to the Yankees, because the Yankees are a, a freaking dynasty, 27 rings and all that. But they they just suck right now. So yeah, they don't what, have an immediate future. Exactly. And he yeah. wants to win now. You know, he's, he doesn't want to win when he's 35. You know, it may take a season or two, but he's ready. He is World Series ready. You know, next year, it's probably not going to happen because he's only going to be able to DH, you know, even towards the end of the season. He probably would be able to pitch, but why would you risk it? You know, it it, it would make more sense to just wait until 2025 when he is fully recovered from his Tommy John surgery. Let him hit. You know, Bryce Harper came back in like uh, four and a half months or whatever it was. Um, Trevor story came back a little bit longer than what they expected from him. You know, he even spent an, an, an extended amount of time in AAA before he even got called back up to Boston's lineup. Um, you know, everyone's different, but you know, Trevor Story's a little bit older. Bryce Harper is around the same age as Shohei Otani. So I feel like Shohei Otani could probably come back and hit in spring training if he gets the surgery, like right when the season's done, because the angels are making yeah. the playoffs, you know? 
So yeah, if the Angels aren't making the playoffs, they don't need Shohei Otani. You know, you just, just go ahead and just, get it now. Get it done. Get it done. You know, what are you waiting for? Um, it, yeah, it could also be his agent, you know, kind of putting things in his ear. Uh, Jose Velasquez is in the comments saying, what's up, dudes? Uh, they should have brought up Jason Dominguez sooner. Speaking of Yankees. Yeah, that that's true. You know, but, um, you know, with the service time and, and stuff like that, because I think Jason Velasquez is only, what, 21 years old. Uh, Tony, you have him in your league, right? Dominguez, you mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He just hit a home run today, actually. Did he? Is it Jason yeah. or Jason? I really don't know how to pronounce it. Every I time wonder. I hear it, I hear Jason. Oh, okay. It, it might be Hassan. I don't know. I don't know. I named my kid Jackson, and it has an X, you know? So sometimes people just want to be unique. You put two S's, and you still call it Jason, whatever. You yeah. know, but... Yeah. Um, it's like, remember Robert? Robert? Yeah, Luis Robert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or remember when uh, Nick Castellanos kept on changing his name back and forth from Nick and Nicholas? You know, yeah. he was like, oh, I don't want to be called Nick anymore. I want to be called Nicholas, all proper and everything. I kind of went through that, too. When I was in high school, I was Will Billy. You? I was oh, Billy. Billy. Yeah. Billy and then, and then uh, when I was 18, I didn't – maybe I was 17. I don't know. I, I didn't want to be called Billy anymore. I thought that sounded like a little kid. So I was like, oh, you call me Bill. And then, you know, I, I turned 21, 22 years old, and I'm like, dang, Bill sounds so old. So then I started calling, telling everyone, you know, just call me Will. So then now I'm just Will. <laughs> Until you're in your 60s or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Then, then actually, you know what? I was, I was just thinking of Wilford. <laughs> when people ask me what my real name is, I tell them Wilbur, like straight face, like, oh, it's Wilbur. I ain't William. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and they're like, are you serious? And I'm like, nah, I'm just kidding. I would hate my parents if they named me, named me Wilbur. They actually almost named me Barney. It was supposed to be, my name was supposed to be Bernard. Imagine if you guys were calling me Barney Power right now. <laughs> Barney Power. I'd be wearing a lot of purple. That's funny. All right. So that was the battle for the National League. Now we can go to waiver wire bats. Tony, I, I know uh, you were kind of a late addition to the show if you didn't know you were going to be on today or not. But um, did you have any time to research any of the waiver wire bats? You know, the, the most added bats out there? Did, did you add it to the list? I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. So I, I mean, didn't I add think... any names. Um, I, yeah, I just uh, helped me out with that. Waiver, oh, I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I know uh, Hoppy was supposed to be here tonight, but uh, unfortunately, he had to cancel. He had a um, a little family emergency, and you know, if I was in in his situation, I wouldn't be here tonight either. Uh, we could talk about that next week when he's here again, but you know, we'll <laughs> see. All right, so looking at the waiver wire bats, there's a lot of outfielders that are on the top added. And um, a lot of them are owned in less than 70% of leagues. It looks like the only one that is more owned than should be on this show is Seiya Suzuki, which we talked about last week. And even last week when, when we were talking about him, he was 69% owned. So he was right there. But he's just continuing to rake, dude. So Seiya yeah. Suzuki is probably not available in any of your leagues. It's probably going to be like those like 10-team leagues or even 18-team leagues. You know, and uh, yeah, that's the only where I only place I, I would see him being available. Um, and if he is available in any any format right now, I would just, you know, make sure he's not available and you be the one to pick him up. Yeah. Uh, if he you are in your fantasy playoffs, I'm sure there is someone on on your roster that you could drop for Seo Suzuki. Yeah. And um, he's got good matchups coming up. So 
I would definitely be running with uh, Suzuki. I'm and looking the Cubs at are pretty hot too. Like the, yeah. a lot of the Cubs are hitting, so he's going to have a lot of opportunities for and runs pitching. and <laughs> And yeah, yeah, their pitching staff yeah. has been uh, stepping it up lately. They've been yeah. uh, going like six, seven innings, and and Justin just... Steele, my boy, Justin Steele. Yeah, well, he's playing a case for. I, I mean, it's a long shot that he gets the Cy Young, but he, he's making yeah. his case, you know? He's like, yeah, don't forget I, about I, me. Honestly, it really should be Spencer Strider, but Spencer Strider's ERA is just so high. You know, yeah. it's you, you can't have a, a Cy Young with an ERA close to four, <laughs> you know? It just, yeah. going into the record books, you're going to be like, what the hell? Like, you know, 20 years from now or whatever, you're going to see Spencer Strider with his, like, 370 ERA or whatever. You know, but anyway, so going back to these waiver wire bats, um, there are one, two, three. I have three outfielders that are on the top most added right now. Uh, first one is Nelson Velasquez, Kansas City outfielder, usually bats fifth or sixth in the lineup. He's only 10% rostered. Last 30 days, he's only batting 253, but that comes with the with nine home runs and a 953 OPS. Uh, any thoughts on Nelson Velasquez? Um, I haven't really heard of him lately, so he, he's probably like a new come up, right? He's yeah. rostered at, I'm looking at, at our league right now, he's rostered at 11%. And then within the past like seven days, his roster percentage went up 10%. So I'm guessing he's a new uh, call up. Uh, so I really don't know much about him. I do see that that um, he's batting in the middle of the lineup, but I mean, it's the Royals, you know? I feel like outside right. of, Bobby Witt Jr., you know, there's not really a much production uh, with that team. Melendez has been doing okay lately, you know, for catchers yeah. and stuff. Melendez has been pretty hot lately, but he, he does have that catcher eligibility, which makes Melendez, like, a pretty decent commodity. Um, if you have him in your left left field spot, I'm sure there's probably a lot of other guys that would be, you know, better slated in that spot. But because catchers is just such a bad position, you know, MJ Melendez is actually not a bad idea for either, you know, the, the whole season or even just as a streamer. Like a lot of people even just stream um, stream catchers. Uh, so looking at Nelson Velasquez, his exit velocity is at 91.6. So he's hitting the ball pretty damn hard. Max exit velocity is at 111. Launch angle is at 11, 11 degrees. So he could raise that up a little bit, get the ball up in the air a little bit more, maybe hit a little bit more home runs. But his ex uh, expected batting average is 273. Expected slug is 596. So I'm really digging the uh, the expected numbers. Hard hit rate is a 50.7%. That's about 15 points higher than the MLB average. His K rate is under 30%. His walk rate's at 6.3, which I would like to see a little bit higher. You know, he doesn't have the best plate discipline, but when you're hitting, you know, uh, what was it? Um, I think in the last two weeks, he's been hitting like 270 or 280 or something like that. So he's he's doing pretty good right now. I, I like um Nelson Velasquez. There, there is uh, two guys that I like a little bit more than Nelson Velasquez. The guy that we just talked about um, that Jose Velasquez brought up, which is Jason Dominguez from the uh, from the New York Yankees outfielder. He bats third in the lineup. He got called up on September first. Uh, his current batting average is two ninety two. Has uh, three home runs and a thousand twenty eight OPS. He has mediocre power, decent speed. He's not a really a standout in any area, but he has been getting on base a lot. 
you know, and uh, I, I really like him in points leagues. I don't really like him too much in categories leagues. You know, that's where you're searching for um, home runs, stolen bases, a lot of runs. And the Yankees are making, you know, they're, they're making the case for trying to make it like into the, the the wild card hunt right now. They have been on, you know, a somewhat of a decent streak. Um, so he is scoring a lot of runs, but in the three hole, you know, he's, He's not really going to get a lot of RBIs unless, you know, the, the two guys in front of him are really getting on base as much as he is. So that's going to be a little bit harder. Uh, but he does hit in Yankee Stadium a lot, you know, with that short porch in right field. So hopefully, you know, it'll it'll increase his power a little bit, uh, power production, and um, he can hit a lot of doubles. You know, he has decent speed, so he can definitely leg out some doubles and possibly a triple once in a while. And that's Jason Dominguez? That's Jason Dominguez, yeah. Yeah, he bats switch too. So, I mean, depending where he is, you know, like maybe at home he bats left-handed, and then everywhere else on the road, right-handed. Because he did, I think he went yard off of a Verlander right-handed too, huh? I I don't um, know what he's been batting lately, but I did see that his first at bat he ever had, I think, was a home run against Verlander. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, it was. It was. So, oh yeah, so, I like uh, him a lot too. I I had him all season um, in our dynasty league or keeper league. Uh, I um I ended up picking him up like right after the draft, and um, I held on to him ever since. And finally, he's coming up. Uh, uh, he was one of your uh, he was one of your prospects that you stashed. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. been on my team all season, <laughs> just waiting. Um, but you know, I, I'm I'm not really like uh, big into you know um, prospects. Prospects. I I really just I just don't follow it as much as I should. You know, but, sometimes uh, having those prospects on your lineup because you can't make moves. Like if they get called up and you leave them in your NA spot, you can't make any moves until you actually take them out of your NA spot. So sometimes, yeah. like if you're already in the playoffs, sometimes you just got to cut them. You know, because they're not going to give you bait with him. Yeah. Yeah, I almost let him go. Yeah, he's been he's been really good. He's been um I think he had like a six or seven game hitting streak, which isn't bad for a rookie. Yeah. Uh, but really like you, I, I think like you mentioned earlier, you know, like a lot of rookies fizzle out. Um but uh, I think they're expecting him to be like a contact hitter. And I mean yeah. I don't know, hopefully he is, you know, as a sense I've been waiting for him and had him all season. Um, who who was your uh, third guy in the outfield? So the third guy is uh, Nolan Jones, Colorado outfielder, also eligible at first base. He's currently 50% rostered. So him and Jason Dominguez are, are about the same, um, close to 50% rostered. He bats fourth or fifth in the lineup. Uh, the biggest drawback that I see from Nolan Jones is the Rockies are just terrible. You know, so he's not really going to get a lot of uh, run opportunities or RBI opportunities unless he's actually just hitting it out of the park. And in the last 30 days for him as well, he only has three home runs. He does run a little bit. He has five stolen bases in the last 30 days with a 284 batting average. He's hit safely in the last seven games. And next week he has seven games at Coors Field versus Chicago Cubs and uh, versus San Francisco. So 
Nolan Jones is actually a, a pretty decent option for streaming for next week. You know, if you guys are in your championship or semifinals or whatever, if you need an outfielder or a first baseman, um, if Mookie Betts just went down for you and you don't have him in your lineup, because who knows if he's actually going to be back next week or not. Or if you have, you know, any other outfielders or first basemen that are just not cutting it, Nolan Jones, if he's out there, only 50% rostered, he's definitely worth a, worth an ad for next week. Uh, huge upside playing in Colorado, you know. And uh, San Francisco doesn't really have the best pitching. And um, Chicago Cubs, they have a couple decent pitchers, you know. But in Colorado, if you hit a ball <laughs> 85 miles an hour, sometimes it could actually be a home run, you know. So, uh, de- decent streaming options for, uh, option for next week. And um, that was all the outfielders I had. There was really only one that I saw that was not an outfielder uh, that was worth a, a pickup. We talked about him last week, and that's J.P. Crawford. He's available at shortstop. Uh, in the last two weeks, he's batting 340 with five home runs, one stolen base, an 11.30 OPS, and he bats leadoff, which you mentioned last week also for the Seattle. Sorry, for the Seattle Mariners. Um, Seattle Mariners are trying to get that wild card spot as well. It looks like Houston has the division locked up. So there is a race for the wild card because there are so many wild cards now with the new playoff setup that they have. So there's a lot of teams that are really trying to go for it right now. And um, I think Luis Castillo was able to pull off the win yesterday. And uh, they have some decent pitching, you know. Um, So. I think that they could actually make a push for a wild card if they. Oh, where'd he go? If I'm they, right here. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, if they, you know, if they continue to just play well, and um, guys like JP Crawford are actually helping them out a lot. Um, do you have any other players that maybe you saw on on the waiver wire that? Um, um I did. Uh, sorry, I just got a care package for my wife right now a care package <laughs> is it nachos <laughs> close <laughs> here maybe this will help uh, sounds Did like you... uh takis all right so that was uh waiver wire options and we can move on to um a couple more waiver wire options that are. Oh man, I was on mute. Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, I, I, I was, I was going to say Austin Hayes, bro. Austin, Austin Hayes, Hayes has yeah. been okay uh, recently. I think for the past 30 days. Where do you go? Uh, where do you go, Austin Hayes? And you know who else? I don't like him too much, but God, he just keeps hitting and being productive. Is Tommy Pham. Yeah. Tommy, Tommy Pham has been. Recently, Dude, I've, I've been burned by Tommy Pham so many times. I, I'm just so sick of that guy. Every time that I pick that guy up, I think, you know, continue the hot streak, and then he just falls apart, like, right when I pick him up. So I don't yeah. even bother with that guy well, anymore. See, look, um, that's what happened with me and Osuna. Uh, I felt like every time I would get Osuna, he would always just, like... Start striking yeah. out, like, every single yeah. at-bat. Yeah. And then as soon as I drop him, he gets hot again. I think you ended up keeping him. You know, you you stuck yeah. to it. So yeah, he's good been, for he's you been, he's, he's been he's yeah been really good. Break, he's been really good. Yeah, and uh, helping me a lot. You know, my my outfield is is pretty stacked, so um, I've been pretty happy. Um, 
Yeah, yeah so, so it's just those, those are the only other two guys that I was really thinking about in outfield would, would be Tommy Pham or Austin Hayes. And they're, they're on teams, you know, uh, Austin Hayes, obviously, with the Baltimore Orioles, who are probably number one in the division right now. And then um, Tommy Pham's with uh, the Diamondbacks, who are, I believe, also fighting for that wild card. So they got yeah. something to play for, you know, which is always good towards the end of the season for fantasy purposes, just because, you know, they, they're going to play with a lot more, uh, well, they got more writing on it, you know, so hopefully yeah, that produces, harder. translates harder into sure. points. And their stars probably aren't going to be sitting. They're going to be playing every day, mm-hmm. you know, so that, that helps out fantasy wise as well. There's, there's been time, times in the past, like when the Dodgers have just run away with the division, the Astros have just run away with the division. And then, you know, you have, They'll have like a 12 game lead, so then they end up starting to to rest their top guys. When it was Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, George Springer, or with the, when it was with the Dodgers, it was Justin Turner, it was um, Max Muncy, uh, Corey Seager, Cody Bellinger. You know, it, it's it really sucks fantasy wise, which is why I like to kind of like trim the season down a little bit you know, in, in fantasy, start the playoffs a little bit sooner this year where our playoffs actually end the week before the season ends. I usually do it two weeks before the season ends, but we did yeah. a little bit longer this season. It's actually it's better this out. way. Yeah. Now, last I, season. Well, I, I remember, I remember last season being upset. Now. Just like, Oh, why yeah. is it so early? It's, it's over already. But yeah. now the, the way that the playoffs are set, uh, like MLB playoffs, it's like it makes it a little bit different because there's so many different teams that are really trying hard right now, you know, and it's not just about that. It's also about getting the buy. So if you have a leg up on, you know, the the next team that's like right below you, like that's why the Dodgers and the Braves are not really trying to slow down right now, even though they they basically locked up the division. It's like they want to keep on winning games because they want to get that number one seed and get that buy. Honestly, in my opinion, I hate the buy. For, for baseball, I think that, you know, with, with timing and momentum, that's all baseball is. You know, L- look at the Phillies from last year. They they rode their hot streak all the way from the end of the season all the way through the playoffs and made it to the World Series. And what happened to the Dodgers, you know, that had the bye? They end up getting knocked out in the first round of the playoffs, I think, by the Padres. Yeah, I think it can be – like, there's pros and cons, you know? Like, what if you've just been – your guys towards the end of the – the last month, you know, have been really, you know, overworked, let's say, like a bullpen, yeah. you know, a bullpen See, and that's being the overworked. Thing is, it's like, and then that extra week to get off is just yeah. great, you know? I think it's very beneficial for pitchers. I don't think it's very beneficial for hitters. Hitters need Agreed, to be able to yeah. see live pitching more consistent to be able it's like we're always talking about these prospects that come up like nolan gorman last season that he was being sat down like every like third game it's like how do you expect him to build that that momentum up you know and um and jordan walker this season jordan walker another one now that he's actually getting consistent at bats he is producing he's looking great lately he's not i I think he's he's definitely uh, rostered more than 70% of leagues. So unfortunately he's not available or else, you know, everyone would be grabbing him right now. But in the beginning <laughs> of the season, you know, he was just, he was barely there. He got sent back, back down to triple a, you know, and then back up again, it, they were like playing with him. but now the Cardinals really have nothing to lose. So go ahead and just play him every day, you know, and look at him. He's producing. Yeah. So that you, you basically made my argument for me about the, uh, about the, 
you know, momentum going into the playoffs. All right. So uh, a couple more names that I see on free agency. Um, if you need a catcher, there's two catchers that we could talk about. Yaner Diaz from Houston. He's 59% rostered. And Mitch Garver, uh, 43% rostered, plays on the Rangers. So both of those teams have great lineups, a lot of opportunities for runs, RBIs. Um, let's see. Yaner Diaz has 21 home runs this season. And he honestly, dude, he's been sneaky. Like a lot of people don't even know the name Yaner Diaz. 21 home runs from a catcher. That's awesome. You know, you don't see that very often. Uh, guys like Will Smith kind of come to mind. Or, um, yeah. you know, he's Salvador been better Perez. than Will Smith, actually. Yeah. Um, honestly. Uh. The only thing that concerns me is like the Astros have all these players that are, um, not really good at fielding, you know, or they get injured a lot. So they keep on putting them at DH. And for some reason, Dusty Baker just, he loves uh, Martin Maldonado behind the plate. You know, he's, he's a good catcher, but he's also an old catcher and his bat is terrible. He's always batting under 200, never really does much. He actually had a, two home runs in a game a couple days ago, uh, maybe three days ago, something like that. But still, if if I'm the manager, I'm wanting Yaner Diaz in there more days than uh, than Martin Maldonado. You know that yeah. that's run production right there. Runs win games. You know yeah. runs and limiting runs. So I I get it that Martin Maldonado is a good catcher. He can throw out base runners. You know at second base. But now with the bigger bases, it's like most of the time stolen bases are successful. It's very yeah. rare that they're not getting caught anymore. So, uh, but but between the two, Mitch Garver and Yaner Diaz, do you have a favorite? I like them both a lot, actually. I I would say maybe it really depends on where you're at and what type of fantasy um, league you're in. If you're in a dynasty, I would definitely keep uh, Diaz. I just feel younger. like, like He's only twenty four years old. Mm-hmm. And um, and then and not just because of that, but I just more than likely he'll probably take over the the position from Maldonado next year. You know, um, Maldonado is a little bit older in age, and he just doesn't have good batting average uh, as opposed to Diaz right now. And um, and he's with the Astros, man. That is just everything on paper looks good, you know, as opposed yeah. to. Mitch Garver, who's with the Rangers, who also have another prospect. I don't know if he's a prospect or anything, but they have another great catcher in Jonah Heim. Um, yep. You know, yeah. So Jonah really Heim has been struggling a lot. So Mitch Garver is getting a lot of starts behind uh, behind the backstop. Uh, Yaner Diaz, on the other hand, is actually doing really well. You know, it's like the complete opposite from uh, Jonah Heim. So Jonah Heim started off like super hot. You know, he was amazing yeah. the first half of the season. He got, hurt. he got hurt, and he just hasn't been the same since. Um, between the two, I, I think I like Mitch Garver. Um, I, I would prefer Mitch Garver over Yaner Diaz, but either one of those, it, it, it's just by a small margin. I think either one of these guys I'd be happy with. You know, it, I actually I dropped MJ Melendez for Mitch Garver in my uh, categories league, and I mm-hmm. dropped... Uh, Wilson Contreras in my points league and picked up Yaner Diaz, so I, yeah. I was able to actually get both of these guys. So. Yeah, they're not they're not bad at all. Uh, they're uh, Garver has nine home runs over the last um, thirty days. Uh, Diaz has seven. 
19 RBIs for Diaz, where Garver has 16. You know, th this is probably where they stand out the most, though, is Garver has 14 walks and Diaz only has four. Yeah, I did notice that, too. The the walk percentage for Yaner Diaz is only 3%. For Mitch Garver, it's 12.5. That is yeah. a huge, huge difference. Uh, Yaner Diaz good. doesn't really strike out a lot, though. His strikeout percentage is only at 18.1%, uh, which means he's putting the ball in, in play a lot, but his launch angle is actually pretty low also. It's only at 11.3 degrees versus Mitch Garver's that's at 18.5. You know, so Yander Diaz is putting the, the ball on the ground a lot, which is a recipe for disaster if you have a runner on first base, you know, the, and the opposing team is turning to, you know, and, and all of a sudden the inning's over. And uh, grounding out into double plays is like one of the worst things you can do in baseball. Honestly, it's worse than a strikeout. You know, at least a strikeout is just, it's just one out. You know, they say like it, it's always better to put the ball in play, you know, and, uh, let the other team make a mistake, but these are major leaguers, you know, it, it's, I, I know Max Muncy playing at third base makes a lot of mistakes because he's not really your typical third baseman and something like that happens, you know, sometimes, but for the most part, you know, the, the guys that they have at third and shortstop are, you know, they're there for a reason and they're most likely going to be able to turn that double play, especially with these guys that don't really have a lot of speed coming out of the gate. All right, so that was Yaner Diaz and Mitch Garver. So, um, did you have a favorite? Uh, I I said it really depends on the type of league. If it was more of a keeper league, I would go Diaz, and if it's just like a standard league, um, Garver will probably have the most power. I think and he has does, two home runs more than him. So, does uh, categories or points does that change your opinion on either one of them? Probably categories for Garver because he'll have the home runs and um, the batting average because of the walks and stuff like that. Because I think they're they're pretty even as far as hit goes and stuff like that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, yeah. very similar. Um, I I do like I I like Mitch Garver also when it comes to power production. Um, I, honestly, it's 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 a toss up for me. Whichever one yeah. is available, I'm I'm gonna get you know either one of them. Uh, both of them are, are both really good options. All right. So that was the catcher position. Now we move on to Tony's boy. They're all his Which boy. one of all of them? Oh, hey. <laughs> Julio Urias, the wife beater. My boy was our. Yeah, the he... alleged <laughs> freak. <laughs> so 2024 free agent. So this couldn't have happened at a worse time for Julio Urias. Back in August 2019, he was suspended 20 games for violating MLB's Domestic Violence Code of Conduct. And then now, September 2023, placed on administrative leave for violating MLB's Domestic Violence Code of Conduct. So this is his second offense. The first time was 20 games. I'm assuming the second time is probably going to be 80 games. It's probably going to be half a season. And a lot of teams probably aren't even going to be offering him a contract. I guarantee the Dodgers won't be. You know, it, it's like when he had the, the violation back in 2019, you know, that was four years ago. He was a lot younger. Uh, I believe he was only probably like 22 at the time or something like that. So it's yeah, like, it okay, really you're a dumb kid and you were probably drinking. You you made a mistake. We're going to give you a little pass. Now you're he doing it again. Coming, though, man. <laughs> yeah. 
Because I think well, he, had, he had got arrested for you. like drunk driving be- before yeah, he actually got that. Remember, remember that too? That. He was like 19 yep. when he got caught up. Yeah, um, man. So, it just sucks, uh, you know, because he's like a he was like a a great uh, icon for not just like Los Angeles, but like for like. Mexico, community, like the Mexican yeah. community and, and the Latin play community. Team and Mexico like and the World Baseball Classic. You know, sucks, he, you know. Yeah, there, there was a lot of kids, I'm sure, that really looked up to him, you know, and, and a lot of Dodger fans really liked him because, you know, majority of Dodger fans are Mexican. And to have a Mexican as one of the best pitchers on your roster, it's like it gives you a self a, a sense of self-pride, you know, Um like uh, who who's the guy? Kane Velasquez that has brown pride tattooed on the back of his back. I don't know if you seen. Oh that. yeah, from the UFC. Yeah, <laughs> is it on his back or is it on his chest? Maybe it's, it's on, on his chest. chest. I think. I, I think it's yeah. on his chest. Yeah, that's not weird at all, right? No, no. <laughs> but but you get you get a big ass white dude that puts white pride across their chest. <laughs> it's a little bit different story, right? That's funny. That's funny. Why they get that rep, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So moving on to the Poor last segment Will. of the day. <laughs> I got enough tattoos. I don't have room for that anyway. Hey, like some of my best friends are minorities. I swear, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my wife is 100% Mexican. All right. All right. All right. You get a pass. <laughs> yes. Go ahead right. and get it right here across your chest, white bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But um, it sucks for him, you know? And. I think you. I think you talked about it last last week, or we talked about it last week. For me, he is a drop. For me, like you said, he he's not coming back. And if they do, is if the Dodgers pick him up, I think they're they're just gonna be labeled as hypocrites, especially with the Bauer situation yeah. that they had last season. I think he's just he's probably done, man. I think he's done with the Dodgers. I think there's some teams like the Yankees that would probably go out and get him. You know, they, they've had a history of signing these guys or trading yeah. for guys that have domestic violence in their past, like uh, uh, Aroldis Chapman and um, De, uh, what's it, Domingo, Domingo Germán? Yeah. That, that's the one that got the no-hitter, right, earlier in the mm-hmm. season, the perfect game. Yeah, he, he had um, some domestic violence issues before also. And it seems like, you know, the Yankees want their players to be clean cut, you know, the, just a mustache, no facial hair. But if you want to beat your wife, it's okay. We'll still give it's you right. $500. And you know what's really weird, too? I was thinking about this uh, just a, like when we're, the news first came out about, about uh, Urias was how nobody cares. Not that nobody cares, but like league owners in the NFL don't care about these things. They're, they can be like, so much damning evidence as video and like tweets and all this about like oh yeah i did that i smacked them blah 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 and they're just like come on in here's a 300 dollars, <laughs> 300 000, i mean 300 million contract for the next you know five years or whatever With a 10 million dollar signing bonus yeah yeah i remember for the longest time people were like giving so much crap for uh deshaun watson you nah. know that guy He's the, he's the quarterback for for Cleveland. And, you know what's um, funny though? What's he got like a big contract. Is- like he they've had him on video and everything, and they were just like, hey, "We we like what you're doing." Right. <laughs> just, but what's money. crazy though is like, okay, you you got these uh these NFL players that are making these like crazy headlines because of stupid stuff that they're doing. But then on the other side, and and then these these teams give them contracts. But then you look at Michael Vick. 
that had like dog fighting and then he just gets completely ostracized and he's in the he's gone from the nfl forever so yeah, apparently I, I, dogs are more important than i i honestly than think it really depends on the situation and who's managing these people to be honest i really think it's that because if the media runs with it and just tries to give it that spin it's like oh he's the most evil person ever that's what's gonna happen yeah but if the media spins it and says like oh this was just a momentary lapse in his you know character for this you know he's been going through a lot then people are gonna be like oh you know redemption for him you know oh he's gonna have a great Which season crazy blah, for blah, me blah. because <laughs> it's crazy like you did it. He did it, that's it. shot off a gun in his house, you know, and I put holes that. in his ceiling. You know, it's like, who's, <laughs> what would like would think that it's okay to sign him? After and I remember this? that. I remember hearing a uh, like hearing a story where, where they said uh, it was on ESPN, and one of the announcers said that that um, Chapman's excuse was that like I never aimed it at her. I it was only you know what I mean like I didn't I never pointed it at her. It was I mean, a, you got a gun, you got bullets in it. That's already like strike one right there. You know, if if you have yeah. a gun in the house, you know, for protection or whatever, that's cool. But you don't leave it loaded. You know, especially when you're. You gotta, hey man, you don't, don't have to get ready if you're always ready. What you mean? It don't have to be loaded. Well, maybe in the hood, but a Rolls Chapman don't live what's in the, the hood. What's safety for? <laughs> hey, Glocks don't have safeties. <laughs> but you know if, if for a role chapman that probably has like a 10 bedroom mansion with security you know like a crazy you know he lives in a gated storm. community exactly you know he don't need that shit if you ah. even live in like freaking inglewood or uh or uh like watts or something like that then you know maybe maybe you should be packing you know just in case <laughs> Just in case Debo be coming, coming to knock on your window, trying to pull your your uh, bars <laughs> off your windows, you know. Oh uh, yeah, take snatch your chain. <laughs> My grandma gave me that chain. <laughs> Shut up, poop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, last segment of the day. We are going into two star pitchers. Um, oh my god! So there are four that I saw that are actually kind of worth picking up that are owned in less than seventy percent of leagues. Uh, I know you really like Jose Quintana. So I got Jose Quintana at the top. He is uh, versus Arizona and versus Cincinnati. And then I got Dean Kramer from Baltimore versus St. Louis and versus versus Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is also slowed down a lot. So I feel like that's a decent matchup. Uh, Gavin Williams from Cleveland at San Francisco and versus Texas. Same thing with Texas. They've slowed down a lot. So both good matchups. And... This is probably the bottom one on my list, but I feel really good about this because of the matchups. That's Reed Detmers from the Angels at Saint, uh, at Seattle and versus Detroit. So out of those four, um, I really like all four of them. You know, I, I put Jose Quintana at the top, um, <laughs> probably Dean Kramer second, Gavin Williams, and then Reed Detmers. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? How, how do you feel about the uh, the order of those four? Let me get them again. Uh, Jose Quintana, Dean Kramer, Gavin Williams, and Reed Detmers. Um, definitely Quintana. Uh, just because he's been really consistent and his matchups he's don't really, really scare good me. Lately. Yeah, his, his matchups don't scare me at all. Um, Arizona and Cincinnati. And they're they're both at uh they're both at home, right? The Mets. Mets are playing uh, at home this yes. week. 
Yes. Yeah. Both so the only thing that would, would would worry me a little bit would be like playing at a uh, Cincinnati, just because it's yeah. known to be like a home run it's park. It's like the the second ballpark <laughs> right after Coors. That's worse for pitchers. Yeah. See. So, but uh, him playing at home against these two teams, I think, is more than serv- serviceable. So I would put him first. And he's only 29% rostered, so he should be available in a lot of leagues out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Dean Kramer, I would – you know what? I would put him like just like how you have him. Quintana, Kramer, uh, Williamson, and Detmers. You know who else so, I, uh, I like you didn't mention? Who's that? I, I don't, well, I don't know what his percentage is at right now, but um, Henshin Ryu. He's been pretty consistent too lately. His matchups aren't aren't um, aren't so the Ryu best. So Ryu is sixty four percent rostered, and I I saw that also. But the reason why I didn't put him is he's only been going five innings. That's you know, true. And, but consistent his, innings though, bro. Yeah, and and he's, okay, but versus he was at Oakland um, on you know just a few days ago, and he went five innings. Uh, one walk allowed five hits and two earned runs with five strikeouts. You know, he, he used to be a pretty decent strikeout pitcher, but his fastball kind of like flats out to like 90, 91. Now he's not the, the hard thrower that he really used to be. He still has that really good curveball. So um, I, I like Ryu as a streamer. Um, the, the two starts, did, did you mention who his two starts are against it's against texas and boston teams that are in the running kind of mm-hmm. you know definitely texas is in the running i don't know about boston whether or not they still have a shot but i mean they're they have an okay lineup texas does kind of scare me but at the same time i think garcia is down with like a knee, knee injury he's probably day to day so and he's gonna get him either know, on I, monday or tuesday so i really like boston's lineup you know even Without Alex, Alex Verdugo, I believe Alex Verdugo is back in the lineup today. But they have yeah. uh, Justin Turner, who's been hot. Adam Duvall, who's been just crazy hot. Um, I'm I'm sure I'm missing a couple people, but uh, Boston's actually Devers. been doing pretty decent. Devers for sure. Um, defense sucks, but he's incredible with the bat. Lots of pop. <laughs> oh, uh, Casas, I think that's his name. Tristan Casas, he's been amazing. Way better than uh, Bobby Dahlbeck was because Bobby Dahlbeck got the call up before Tristan Casas did, and he kind of just shit the bed and he yeah. got shipped off back down to it was his, his, or did he get traded? I think maybe he got traded actually. Uh, he probably did. I think um, he did. I don't remember yeah. who, which but, is why probably uh, uh, Casas was, has just been getting like most of the playing time. It's crazy because uh, Boston has been playing like Turner at second every now and then. You know, it's it's crazy. He, Trey Turner having a not not Trey Justin Turner Justin. He has like eligibility at first, third, and second this year. Yeah, which will probably translate into next year. But it he will. is going to be a little bit older. But I mean, it doesn't look like he's slowing down. He's going to be the new Nelson Dude. Cruz of uh, <laughs> baseball, bro. <laughs> uh, maybe. Dude, Justin Turner, I freaking love Justin Turner, man. When he's yeah. healthy, he's like a 290 hitter with like decent pop. He hits the ball about 90 miles an hour, average exit velocity. He has a, a max EV of around 110, has really good contact skills, really good uh, plate discipline, doesn't really strike out a lot. He he pulls the ball a lot, which helps him increase his power a bit. You know, if he's 
healthy for a complete season, he's a 25 to 30 home run guy. You know, with probably probably about 20 doubles as well. He hits a lot of doubles too. You know, especially playing in Boston. Like, you know that one corner like in center field? Yeah. They're like, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr. used to like jump over and make those crazy catches. It's like if the ball goes right there, you're making it to second, probably even third. You know, when it hits off the wall and just kind of goes crazy. So I really like Justin Turner and I like the ballpark that he's playing in. I feel like the uh, Fenway is actually a better place for him to hit than Dodger Stadium ever was. And he actually excelled very well in Dodger Stadium, batted close to 300 every season, 20 to 25 home runs every season. And that that's considered a pitcher's ballpark for someone to be able to do that, playing half their games at Dodger Stadium says something about their production and their skill level. Yeah, he's he's awesome. I, I, what a steal too! So late in the round in the draft, you know, people always write him off, and, and he's just so good, man. So consistent. Yeah, he uh, was on waivers. I picked him up. That's good, man. You're you're lucky. I don't know who was thinking about dropping him. Nah. Um, who else did you have for two weeks? I'm like trying to see who else is like even worth mentioning, and. What about like Jordan Wicks? How, how do you feel about him? He's playing at Colorado and at Arizona. Yeah, the, the at Colorado. I, I can't do that. At Colorado, I, I would rather pick a, a one-start streamer uh, against like Detroit or um, the or, A's or something. Or the A's, <laughs> yeah. I'd rather pick a one-start streamer versus a two-start streamer if that two starts happens to be at Colorado. I can't do that. So I, I would definitely stay away from, uh, I, I, is it Cubs? Cubs and Nationals, yeah. or Cubs a, and Mets. It's the I, I don't know who, who who the Colorado is having the rest of the the week, but it's definitely Cubs, uh, the first half of the week. Yeah, I don't remember who the second one is, but or maybe it's San Francisco. Oh, it's San Francisco. Yeah, okay. oh, San Francisco yeah, yeah. playing in Colorado. So, um, yeah, if if there's any hitters out there that you guys see in free agency, uh, either on San Francisco or the Cubs, you know. Keep in mind that they are going to be playing half their week in Colorado as well. In addition to Nolan Gorman getting seven, I mean, no, sorry, uh, Nolan Jones getting seven games in Colorado next week. Uh, that's you know, basically like, what's that. If you guys want to hell Mary and you're just looking for volume, <laughs> Tuki Tucson, man, uh, he plays it's it's horrible. I I felt like the same way for the past like three weeks. I look at him and I feel like. You know, if I'm in a pinch, I'm like, oh, I'm looking at him. I'm like, should I start him? Should I should I pick him up? Not start him because I don't have him on my team, obviously. Uh, he's more of a streamer everywhere. Uh, but for the past, like, three weeks, bro, every time – like, I, I have him on my watch list, and I'm always, like, debating, should I pick him up? Should I pick him up? For the past three weeks, he's been doing really well. I think he's been – he had, like, 17 points, 12 points, and then just recently he had, like, 24 points. And then he's going up against Kansas City and Minnesota. You know, yeah, the, I not, did see the matchups too, but I just Hell Mary, and if you need the volume, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess if it. that's your last option, there's no other two star pitchers that we mentioned before. You know, if that's really like the last and one. And I think he's RP he's eligible, guys. Yeah, he is. I don't know. See, I just I, I don't like I don't like two kids. I don't like to. No, thank you. We'll see what happens right. next week, bro. Next week we're we're gonna. I'm gonna drop yeah, this we'll down. See. 
we'll, we'll, have to, uh, we'll have to go over his first start versus the Royals and see what he actually does. All right. Well, that concludes yeah. the show for today. We appreciate you guys. Before you, uh, before you guys log out, please hit that like button and subscribe. And if you're listening on Spotify, make sure you download and hit that follow button. We appreciate you guys. Thank you, Tony, for joining me on the show today. I appreciate you being here and giving your two cents. Uh, It's always appreciated. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show, and we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. For sure. Good luck.